Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. It's the movie of the year. Yeah. Oh, the feel good <laughs> romp of 2021. Hey, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched The Power of the Dog. The Power of the Dog. Uh, I'm glad you did it. Yeah. Five years since our first run together. 1900 and nothing. It's a long time. What's it doing? Getting mixed up with her. You are marvelous, Rose. We were married Sunday. This is on Netflix. It is. It is on yeah. Netflix. It is on Netflix if people want to check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be spoiling it, and it is a spoily It's a spoily movie. movie. It's it's based on a novel from, I think, the 60s. Uh, movies written and directed oh. by Jane Campion. Um, it's getting a lot of award buzz. A lot of uh, a lot of people clucking their tongues and being like, oh, that's a, that's a good movie at high society yeah. parties and stuff. Exactly. Where Not really does clucking your tongues, but a, a, lot, a lot of people wearing monocles and being like this is a this mm-hmm. is a fine motion picture yeah and we this is a slow you know it's a slow weekend we were gonna do this or Macbeth, but i noticed the beans the beans did Macbeth recently yeah so they did it as a coen brothers brothers i believe yeah 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 so it makes sense so you guys I mean, can head to over see to, that. yeah we, we will probably watch the tragedy of Macbeth anyway i don't know if we'll do a podcast on it but you guys can head over to the small beans network and check out their episode on it if you if you want to hear some some cool dudes talk about Macbeth. Right. But this one, it's got uh, Benny Comes. Mm-hmm. Benny Comes. It's got, it's got uh, ben- Kristen Benny- Dunst. Benny Cumberbuns. Yep. Jesse Plemons. Yep. Jesse Plemons. Um, uh, Cody Smith McPhee. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's essentially, it's like gritty Fresh Prince, right? It's about a, a kid's struggle with his Uncle Phil. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. He goes to live no. with, his, with, his, with his uncle in Bel Air. Yeah. In Bel Air, Montana in the 1920s. This is a gritty Western and it was presented. I expected a completely different film uh, just because it, uh, I, it, it's advertised as like, like they're all kind of um, held hostage by Benny. Mm-hmm. Like it, it presented him as being like a villain, like a classic villain. Yeah. Uh, and this is not a traditional That's, film. No, at all. that is that is not what the movie's about. The movie is actually about a lot of things. Uh, one of them being yeah. um, sort of subverting ideas of masculinity that tend to be pervasive in westerns and and western mythology. Yeah, how did you like this film? I liked it a lot. Yeah, me too. I really liked it. This is a very um, very good movie. Uh, as Dave pointed out, we are going to spoil it. So if you had any interest. In watching this movie at all, I suggest you hit, go ahead and hit pause, flick pause with your little digits, and uh, you know, go put your peepers on this movie on Netflix. Absolutely, because it's 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 very good. It's yeah, very good. It's very movie. good. It's very so good. So if you had any interest in seeing it, it's worth seeing just because of where it heads. It's it's nice to be surprised by this movie. It's not like a twist, you know. It's not, but it, it it's also like. It's not traditional storytelling. It no. sets up it sets up something that I was like, okay, okay, this will be interesting. And then it doesn't do that thing at all. It does uh, it does a thing that is arguably more interesting, but yes. less let much less traditional. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a very interesting subversion of a couple of things. And also it's it it's kinda it's a little bit of a comp complicated movie but not super complicated it just no it's just a little dense it deals with a lot of a, a lot of themes yeah. i would call it morally complex it's morally complex it has a lot of themes like uh isolation grief uh 
but also a little bit about grace, but also it's a lot. It's a, it's, it's about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. It's about a lot of things. Yeah. And, it, and it's um, a slow burn in the sense that like, technically speaking not much happens in it but at the same time a lot happens in it like i never felt bored watching it i was never like oh get to the when when is the thing gonna happen Mm -hmm. you know because it all feels like it's all kind of building towards something yes um but in a way that is uh always interesting and so like the ending you could argue is like a little anticlimactic but also not at all anticlimactic because of everything that you've been watching. It's um it's an emotional climax, yeah. And uh yeah. the thing that it's building towards, one of my favorite things about watching the movie, uh before we get down to brass tacks and actually get into the specifics of it. Um yeah. was that you can tell that it's building towards a thing, but it's kind of hard to predict what the thing is. That's yes, the movie is completely unpredictable. Yeah, but I will uh, say when it happens, you're like, oh, of course, like it, all the pieces are there, and it's just yeah. you look back at what's happened, and you're like, oh, uh, yeah, this was definitely what this story was building towards. <laughs> right. You're uh, all right. So going so going into spoilers, it's almost like watching a murder mystery in reverse. How like do you, how all do you the mean? like all the pieces are there. If in fact. The ending is he did it on purpose. Oh, he a hundred percent did. Yeah, I figured he did it on purpose. Yeah, I, I don't. So th- like, I don't think that's ambiguous. Actually, I didn't think. I didn't think so either. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like I had a moment where I was like, "Shit, did he do it on purpose?" And then oh, the last he absolutely shot, did. Yeah, the last <laughs> shot. It's like, oh yeah, he did it on purpose. What well, if you go? Um, if you go and think about everything. If you just think everything about he's that doing, character yeah. uh, and yeah. just watch everything he's done from the first scene. It's like, oh, he 100% did this on purpose. <laughs> and what I mean by it being a murder mystery in reverse is like if someone showed up and was like, who, who killed this person? I've decided they were murdered. It's, it's, this is like watching all the pieces, them setting it all up. Um, but you don't even realize that that's what you're watching. Like they do a very good job at, like I never, it never occurred to me that he was doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I like about it is that, uh, there, there's no. It's not like filled with red herrings or anything, but there's bits of dialogue that you don't even realize are important. Yes, um, because they're just naturally woven in to uh, the story, like you know, like a rope covered in anthrax. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So this is uh, this is about. Um, okay, so it starts with Benedict Cumberbatch and Jesse Plemons. Yeah, returning. And they are ranchers. Yeah, and they're returning from a drive. Uh, yeah, I have a question, Tom. Uh-huh. Where what what's a cattle drive? Where are those cows? Where do they need to be? I don't know. Why they're, are they? I, I don't know much about it. I know they're just moving them. Yeah, but like they're cows. I don't know. What are they? What do they need to go do? You go. You. Cows? I know you have to rotate them because obviously they can't sit on the same patch of land all the time. They'll just eat it dry, and there won't be anything there. So you rotate them to give uh, the different fields a chance to replenish. Okay, that makes um, sense. But I don't know. I don't know much about it, so I don't know much about yeah. ranching. I just know you need a lot of fucking land, right? Um, so they're coming back from. They're 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 bringing these cows back to the ranch. Yeah, and Benedict Cumberbatch. He's a real like he's Paul Newman and Hud. Like he's shitty cattle guy. Uh, and and uh, actually now that I think about it, because Hud also has like a a de- disease in it. I gotta watch Hud again. Um, anyway. It's HUD-like is my point. So I've never seen are, HUD, so... Oh, HUD is like the only Paul Newman plays an asshole. Like, it's about him playing a prick. Uh, and it's it's actually kind of similar to this movie in that it's like, kind of, I, from what I remember, more like a slow burn drama mm-hmm. than like an action or anything. It's just Paul Newman is an unpleasant man in it. Um, <laughs> and he's a tagline of the movie. Paul yeah. Newman is unpleasant. <laughs> uh so yeah they stop at a restaurant with uh kirsten's dunst and her son Mm -hmm. who is who is like i'd best describe her son as someone who clearly knows that being in the west sucks like he uh he feels like he belongs today in today's world and doesn't realize it he's also there's some sort of um uh maladjustment to him like there's he's he has to ritual he does a lot of rituals so there's the movie doesn't ever say anything but it's he's very 
unsentimental. He has to do a lot of rituals, like he he runs his thumb over the teeth of his comb um, without even thinking about it. When he's nervous, he has to go out back right. and do a hula hoop for a certain number of times. Angry hula hoop, yeah, yeah. So he's he's very uh, he's he, a little off. He's, he's a, li- a little well, off. yeah. I wouldn't want to say that because I, I don't. But it's it's basically. He's got some sort of social adjustment issues and, you know, he has his rituals to deal with them. But if you're a shit kicker in the old West, you're just going to look at him and be like, look at that fucking freak. So yeah, that's exactly. that's like what he's dealing with. Yeah, he's he, he's not uh, he's not traditionally masculine. And no, so he's no, he has a, harassed. For he, that. Has a, he has a lisp. He's very thin. Uh, he's inside doing, quote unquote, woman's work with his mom. Yeah. He's the yeah. he's the waiter serving them dinner, bringing, you know, he's wearing a little towel over his arm in the way that you do to prevent splashing from drinks, which he explains. And they just make fun of him even more. Right. So they're yeah, they're the the rough and tough cowboys showing up. Yeah. And they they <clears throat> kind of take over the place for a night, harass, harass the sun um, and and are kind of like shitty towards Kirsten Dunst. Except for his brother, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's brother, Jesse Plemons, mm-hmm. is clearly like embarrassed by it. And he wants he he's like he clearly doesn't want this life. Uh, he wants to be. Yeah. Like there's... he doesn't really want to drink. He can't he can't really control the other men. Like he's not respected. Yeah. His brother calls him fatty. Like <laughs> his brother calls him yeah. fatso instead of his name. Yeah. But like we get in the first couple of scenes, we get the clear indication of their relationship, which is uh jesse plemons is the person that like inherited the ranch like he's the money guy he's the guy that calls the shots uh phil benedict cumberbatch's character is the hard-edged one who like runs the men the men listen to him they don't listen to jesse plemons um and he's we, we we get from their first scene together that phil is real nostalgic for the old days of when they used to do this when they would go like he's talking to Clemens, who's i forget his name george he's talking to george and it's like hey remember how we used to go camp out in the mountains with with bronco henry who was their mentor the guy who who taught them how to be ranchers which we learn more about this figure as the movie goes on but uh he's like hey remember how we used to do that we should go do that again we should go like camping out there and it's like, he's talking about how great it used to be and it's clear george never really liked that lifestyle yeah. Uh, and is a little, yeah, he's a little more, he's more refined than Phil He is. wants the fancy life. Yeah. yeah. He's he's gunning for that fancy life. He is life. gunning for the fancy life. Phil, yeah, that's true. Phil is, if, if you ever hung out on the punk scene, everybody knows Phil, which is a miserable shit yeah. who refuses to bathe. Yeah. Like, that's what he is. And he doesn't like it when other people are happy. At least that's how he presents himself at first. He is a, just a miserable, like, shitty guy. And he, uh, and he he resents anyone trying to grow up, basically. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, he's obsessed with yeah the good old days. He's obsessed with the good old um, days. Yeah. And so you kind of see what's being set up. Um, Jesse Plemons has an interest in Kirsten Dunst. Who? What's her character's name? I should look that up. Rose. Um, Rose. Right. Um, so they they uh, get a romantic thing going, and they get married. Uh, and then Kirsten Dunst hits a man with her car, and Plemons has to cover it and up. Plemons, he she hits uh, Kieran Culkin with her car. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, Jesse Plemons has to cover it up. No, yeah, that, that's Fargo no, season uh, two. Yeah. Um. So that th- this is what it's setting up. Where I was like, oh no, Kirsten Dunst is gonna like die or something because now this this young boy who cl- was harassed by this guy By and like Phil and his entire team of ranchers yeah, yeah and so you hands. expect it's gonna be like oh no he he goes off to school basically and i thought like oh god he's gonna like inherit everything and it's gonna be him and benedict cumberbatch and it's gonna be like you know like benedict cumberbatch is gonna like murder them or an accident's gonna happen or something like you kind of see those pieces falling into place and that's not at all what happens no uh and so it, it's a lot of um so it, it it's yeah Jesse Plemons trying to like push this fancy life. Kirsten Dunst like does not seem to like it either. She's not. Um, she's uh, there's she's a, trying at first, but there's yeah there's a weird kinship between Benedict Cumberbatch and Rose, which drives a lot of the tension. Yeah. The primary conflict of the film is that Phil hates Rose and is cruel to her. Like yes. he makes he makes her life at the ranch a living hell. He's just constantly 
tormenting her, teasing her, belittling her. He's just a, he's the son of a bitch, and he's mean. Right. To, he's mean to the kid too. So it she's caught. But she in this, also yeah. yeah. She, she she's also she, feeling distant from Jesse Plemons because he wants her to be this refined high society person, and she's not really like she. That they they um demonstrate it with a piano. Like he goes and buys her a piano, and she's like, "Well, uh, it's and it's a very nice piano. It's a baby and she grand." Keeps, yeah, and she keeps saying, "I don't really play the piano very well." Right? She's like, like "I used it's... to." She used to play along with. She says, "I used to play along with the movie pictures." She used to sit in the in the music pit and just play along with with movies to play the soundtrack for movies. Right. Meanwhile, the the thing we learn about Benedict Cumberbatch is that he went to fancy schools, right? That's the idea. Yeah. Is he actually has that high society knowledge. He just rejected it. Uh-huh. So it's this thing where like she's not really that. And it doesn't seem like she wants to be necessarily. No. She, she tries to be for Jesse Plemons, but fails. They have a dinner party with yeah. the governor and George and Phil's parents come over. And it, it goes badly because George is... He's a nice man, but he he doesn't say much, and he doesn't really he doesn't stand up for himself to anyone, and he does so consequently he doesn't stand up for Rose really. He just yeah, sort he, of he he just sort of absorbs the wounds and just lets them slide, like he doesn't address a, them. Uh, yeah, he's a real Jesse Plemons. He's character. a real Jesse Plemons character, yeah, <laughs> which can cover a lot of ground. He plays a lot of different characters, but like he's a guy that he like we mentioned. Phil constantly calls him Fatso. He never objects to it. Uh, he yeah. never says he never really says anything to Phil about how outwardly hostile he is to Rose. Yeah. Um, and so he just the, the dinner party is a big disaster where Rose is just kind of adrift and can feel that she's not living up to what George has told these people about her. And then it culminates in George being like, hey, uh, Rose can play the piano for us. And she can't. She chokes. She's just like, I can't. It's too much. It's too much pressure. I can't even remember a song right now. Right. Yeah. It's a big disaster. And then Phil comes yeah. in and just so basically it it it. But there's a there's a a a, a recognized kinship between Rose and Phil. The movie presents but doesn't super linger on, so it's a little subtle. But like they're both kind of isolated, right? And they're both kind of competing for George's attention. Yes. Like yeah, Phil, sure. Phil resents Rose because, you know, we see in the first scene, he's trying to get George to get more excited about, hey, you remember when we used to go out with Bronco Henry and go camp in the, in the, in the mountains and shit? Let's go do that stuff. Let's, let's get real into it. And George's like, no, I want to do this other life. And him marrying Rose is another wedge between them. Right. So and they're so like, like, yeah. Phil's just sort of like a farmhand, you know, yeah. like he's not, he doesn't really, and like, yeah, he's an asshole too. Yeah. He's an but asshole. This is, but you do start understanding this this movie is very good with the idea of like well you understand where everybody's coming from yeah and you slowly understand where phil's coming from which is that yeah he feels kind of edged out of this um and yeah neither of them what's funny is yeah both of them feel pushed out by jesse plemons yeah like he pushes both of them to this because he wants them to be something that they aren't. That they like aren't, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, and the difference the difference is, for this piano scene, is that he goes to his brother, he goes to Phil, and he's like, you know, it'd be great if you bathe uh, for this. And he, he just doesn't show up. Unlike, like, Rose tries to fit the role and, like, hates it, whereas uh, Benedict is sort of like, no, I'm not doing I'm not that. even going to participate, yeah. Yeah, and part of it, I think, is that has to do with that background where it's like, clearly, he once had to be forced to fit in, and he doesn't want to. Yeah, and that becomes, uh, we learn later that he's gay. Uh, yes. And he's keeping that secret, and he was he and Bronco Henry were probably lovers. Yeah, it's heavily, heavily implied. Yeah. Uh, so there's that additional element of, yeah, he's always felt isolated and, uh, uh, put aside, you know? Uh, so he's trying to cling to this, what, what he has with Jesse Plemons and then, um, yeah, uh, Kirsten Dunst is an intruder and he also resents the fact that he doesn't have, he can't have a relationship, you know? Right. Like, so there's, there's that, there's that level of it. So. And then, and then he also, I think there's also just the financial side of like seeing this new kid and knowing like, this is who's inheriting everything. Yeah. Not me. Like I'm not, I'm not second in line, you know? Yeah. And there's, there's Uh, also an element of, he clearly thinks that 
Rose, I don't know if he if he honestly thinks it, but he has decided that Rose married his bro- married Jesse Plemons for his money. Right. I don't know how honest that is either. I think it's just that he, f- you know, it's the he feels it's, hurt by it all. Yeah, and I think that's just a thing he can latch onto to justify his hurt. That's how I interpreted it. Right. Um, and so, like, this is what's interesting is you get to a point in the film and you realize, like, he's not a good guy. No. He's an asshole. He's not, but yeah. He, but he he doesn't, like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, he doesn't do anything physically violent to a, another person. In no, this. no. Oh, he, be, so he you, beats the shit out of a be, horse. He beats a horse. And yeah. it's like, that's not cool, man. But you know what I'm saying is that the movie keeps, like, making it seem like at any point he's going to do something violent. And so with the realizations as you go is like, oh, he's just an asshole. Like that doesn't, I'm not, I'm not like, like covering for him. No. I'm not making excuses for him, but they, they do make him a human character. Right. He's just, he's just kind of this sad, lonely guy who's lashing out. Yeah. Yeah. He's tragic. What they do it. Yeah. What they do at the same time. And this is how, this is like the big moment where I was like. In retrospect, I'm like, fucking, oh, that's so obvious now, is they do a moment uh, where the boy uh, traps a bunny, and he Mm -hmm. brings it in, and all the help are like, ooh, a bunny, and the mom is like, oh, a bunny, and I instantly wrote that bunny is doomed, Um, but Uh what I, I expected, like a Green Mile situation, right? I expected Benedict to kill the bunny. To kill the rabbit to be mean. Yeah, exactly. And because that's that's where the movie is going. The very next scene, the bunny is dead because the boy killed it because he's practicing surgery because he's going to medical school. Yeah. So like you instantly realize like, oh no, he's the one who has no problem killing animals. Like Yeah, and then we and then we eventually learn that man, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. we're we're being told up front <laughs> that the kid Cody Smith McPhee is clinical and not sentimental about death exactly <laughs> uh he just he killed this rabbit very easily he do, he kills another rabbit extremely easily uh in front of benedict which sort of surprises him um right. and just dissected and, like, it and like so when yeah. the, the the help comes in um who uh, who is uh thomason mckenzie from um uh jojo rabbit and last night in soho to uh, feed the yep. rabbit a, a carrot. She's like, is the rabbit hungry? And he's just like, the rabbit's not hungry. Yeah. Uh, and, and then she just comes around and sees what he's doing. He's just has this rabbit dissected with his anatomy book open. Like yeah. he's, he's a, yeah. He's like, Which you're is, like, well, you're like the kid's like, oh, the kid's, kid's a little bit of a sociopath. Yeah. Well, it's, well, it works really well though, because this is a time when killing animals is just a thing you do. It's just a thing you right? do. Yeah. He's also a medical student. Yeah. And medical students are all kind of sociopaths. You have to be clinical. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's part of the job. We need them to not, yeah. you know, we can't have doctors crying in hallways. So they all have to be like, yeah, a, yeah. a little unemotional. So it doesn't seem odd, but it's clearly setting something up. And for in my head, it was setting up like, oh, this kid can defend himself if he needs to. Yes, he can. And so I. Yeah, and I expect, <laughs> yes, he sure can. But what you expect again is you're still expecting like, oh, Benedict Cumberbatch is going to become a villain. Yeah. And then this kid's going to have to like stand up for his mom. Um, the second part is true. And it doesn't play true. out that way. Yeah. Yeah, the second yeah. part. So, so what the movie, uh, so, okay. The, so so uh, there's a turning point in the movie that we're getting to. Yeah, which the, is, the turning point is the kid stumbles upon Benedict when Benedict's in his secret place out in the woods where he goes where he's got a stash of bronco henry's things which include uh quote-unquote fitness magazines which are it's clearly like gay pornography yeah uh but he has it hidden uh in this box in this in this kind of grown overgrown glen and then this kind of private little lake it's that he likes to, like to swim in and yeah he's jerking off with bronco henry's handkerchief which he keeps yeah. in his pants it's a jerkin hut like every you know yeah you got a jerk you got your laughing place where you, where you go and, and just fucking fire fire him out just hammer yeah. out some ropes yeah and god's where, wilderness it's where, it's where woods porn comes from yes he literally has woods porn that's correct yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um so the kid sees him uh doesn't see him jerking off he just sees him swimming with bronco henry's handkerchief wrapped around his neck um, but clearly understands that he's stumbled into a private moment. Benedict gets mad and chases him off. But after that, 
they bring the kid comes out to the where the men are on the trail for some reason, and the men are all jeering at him because he's wearing these jeans, uh, and they're just making fun of the way that his new jeans sound, and they're calling him these right. these uh, homophobic slurs. Um, and it's there's an interesting affectation of the way the actor plays the kid, where it's like. It, it's similar to Jesse Plemons and that he just kind of absorbs the insults without yeah. um, without uh, addressing them. But it doesn't seem to really bother him. Like, right. he's just he kind of like, whatever. Yeah, he plays someone who's often bullied. Um, yeah. He's playing it as someone who's like, yeah, I, I know that people yell this stuff at me. Yeah, like, I, I know that that's what you got. Yeah. He's, yeah, but Benedict calls him over and is like, "Hey, I think we got off on the wrong foot. Let me. Uh, how about I teach you to ride? Uh, I'm gonna make you a, a rawhide rope. Uh, it'll be done by the time you go back to school." And he does this in front of Kirsten Dunst. So initially, uh, I, there, it, there's, it's interesting. There's, there's, you can tell there's kind of two elements to it. One is he genuinely is trying to uh, make a peace offering with this yeah, kid. Yeah, I think it's the idea of like. <sighs> And like the, uh, this kid is not he didn't say anything and like he's looking at this kid and I don't know what I'm trying to think of how why his mind has changed in that moment. Well, I um, think it's it's there's a couple of elements to it. One I think the main thing initially is that he's doing it to piss off Kirsten Dunst. He's like, hey, yes, if, that is an element, if I take this sure. kid under my wing, it's another way I can needle her. And we need to mention the fact that his cruelty has driven Kirsten Dunst to become a raging alcoholic. Yes. She is drunk all the time. She has liquor bottles hidden all over the house, all over the ranch. She is yep. constantly fall down, uh, yeah. drunk to the point of being physically ill all the yeah, time. Yeah, she is, she is racing she, to the grave. She is, yeah. It's yeah. very, very bad. Um, yeah. she, she, is an al- she is so so much of an alcoholic that in the middle of all these ranch hands, you can look at her and be like, she's an alcoholic. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, it's like she, she took it upon herself. Yeah. She was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink myself to death in like a month. Yeah, she's really and leaving like, Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but another element, I think it's because he was discovered in his private place where he sort of like goes to commune with Bronco Henry. And he sees that he probably sees a little bit of himself in his in this kid. I think that's the idea is that and, he starts saying stuff where he's like, you know, Bron- you know who else learned to ride late? Bronco Henry. Like he's seeing something in him that he realizes like he he should nurture this kid instead of just bullying him. He wants to he wants to it's part of that nostalgia, a part of a way to chase that feeling he used to have is well now I can be Bronco Henry and this kid and I can mentor this kid. Yes, I, and it's very much feels like that. Yeah, and there's also uh, there's an element there's a small element of he may also be grooming this kid. Um, yeah, that's part of it because I think he also realizes this kid saw like me at my most vulnerable, mm-hmm. and he didn't go like tell anybody about it. Yeah, uh, and so yeah, there is a there is like insinuation of that but it's never fully explored it's never fully explored but it's there so there's there's a bit of a dark element to it it's it's complicated so it's it's both it's both genuine and that he wants to be a mentor to this kid he wants to be the new bronco henry for this kid and help this kid out the way that bronco henry helped him out um he's there's also the the uh just being an asshole part of it where he's just doing it to needle Kirsten Dunst. Just one more thing. It's like, haha, now I've got your kid under my wing. Uh, right. And then there's the even darker element, which is, is not really, uh, it's not as anywhere as ex- near as explored as the other two elements where it's like, there's also an element where he might be grooming this kid. So it's a yeah. complicated relationship that he starts up with this kid. Yeah, he, it really is. Yeah. And, and, and it, and he is trying to mentor him. He is. He is first. genuinely trying like, to mentor him. At least him. that's how it starts, yeah. you know. He's teaching him to ride. They they uh I think you it's, know, he's yeah. not he's not being like nice to him necessarily, but he's being nicer. Like he I guess he is being nice he to him. He's being nice to him, yeah. yeah. He's being a mentor. Yeah. Like he's he's, he's teaching being, him how to ride and he's like he's gruff, but he's gruff in an endearing way to the kid. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, you fall down, you get back on the horse, you know? Like, he's teaching him how to be a man, you know? Like, he's, yeah, he's mentoring yeah, exactly. Um, And it's interesting that you point out the thing about him being vulnerable, because that's ultimately his downfall, is when they go out to repair this fence, 
And Kirsten Dunst sees them leave and, and freaks out, but she's so fall down drunk she can't catch up to them. So she ends up giving away a bunch of hides. That something is... important does happen before this too. Oh, what's that? The boy goes out to ride in his own. Oh, yeah, that's right. The she... boy goes out to ride in his own, <laughs> finds a dead cow uh, 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 just Examines out on the trail. It. Examines and as it we already and alluded it. to, yeah, as we already alluded to, they mention the cows. There's a bit of anthrax going around. So, like again, it 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 looks like what they're setting up now to like, and why it was like an interesting twist is it's like, oh, the kid's like gonna be a doctor or a vet, and like we're just seeing like coming of age stuff now. Like, so he's going out and he's he's dissecting this cow, and like it's still a little weird, but like you know, it's within the tone of the film. Yeah, uh, and the and kid, it, the kid it asks stands him, out, but you don't think about it at first. Yeah, and the kid asks some pointed questions about it. Like he asks him, yeah. "Do a lot of the calves get eaten by wolves?" And he's like, "Well, no, yeah. it's like some of them do. There's also some anthrax." Uh, and right. the kid's like, "Okay, gonna yeah. <laughs> go put the store that in the old bank." Yep. He goes out and skins a dead cow that's out in the trail. It is clearly diseased. Uh, yeah. So they go out to fix this fence uh, as they're putting. Um, the uh the the post holes into the ground they notice a rabbit run off underneath their pile of poles and benedict's hey like it's like oh okay hey let's play this game he's like furthering the mentorship thing here's this game we used to play we'll take bets on how long it takes for the animal to run out on from underneath this pile as we're throwing the logs off of it and as they're picking up the logs and throwing them off he cuts his hand yeah uh which is and it's like as they they um it's it's symbolic it's it's symbolic of his vulnerability he's he is literally opening up to this kid now yes um, and then the kid kills the rabbit the without kid even kills the rabbit get, without yeah, batting an eye <laughs> he sets it up where he's like so put it out of its misery and you can tell benedict kind of expects like uh-huh. here's a lesson for this kid and then the kid just kills it yeah and he's just like oh shit the kid okay. kills it <laughs> the kid kills the rabbit as he's comforting it like yeah. he's like he's he's holding the because the rabbit's leg is broken so so Benny comes it's like all right you know just like you said put it out of its misery and the kid's like okay shh 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 and then you just hear him crack yeah <laughs> like he just no problem puts this rabbit on ice and it's very clear that it like it throws Benedict off he was not expecting that <laughs> yeah he didn't think it was it would yeah yeah so they have it, it cuts them eating the rabbit and they're they're kind of they're shooting the shit and he's telling the kid about life he's being he's opening up to the kid he's like uh this is you know telling him about uh being out on on the trail with bronco henry when he was a kid and and how that you know yeah um so they go back to the house uh kirsten dunst has given away uh, a bunch of hides that uh benedict had skinned from the bulls and we learn that normally he just burns the hides he doesn't need rather than sell them because he's a ornery bastard i don't know why yeah I guess yeah. it's like the thing he can control and it's like his thing. Right. Uh, but she, to get back at him because she, she sees them leaving to do this, this uh, fence job, doesn't want her kid being around Benedict. So she freaks out and to get back at him, gives his hides away to these native Americans that are walking through, um, who is played they, by Adam they... Beach uh, from yep. uh, fucking flags of our fathers and to a lesser degree, suicide squad. <laughs> um, uh they give her uh sweet gloves yeah they give her some change. sweet gloves yeah that she puts on her hands and i think the gloves mean something because there's a lot of glove imagery i uh, can't quite figure that one out um yeah. but and then she collapses she's just so fucking uh poisoned uh to the yeah. gills by her alcoholism that she just collapses um so they get back she's in bed uh benedict freaks out that his hides are gone is that any more hides uh, and Jesse Plemons comes out and it's like, look, man, calm the fuck down. They are right. just and again, hides. Like, you were going to burn, burn them burn anyway. Them. Yeah. yeah. And he never really articulates why he's so angry, but it's, I think it's one, it's the thing he has control over. Like he's clearly, he's not running the ranch. He's not going to inherit the ranch because Jesse Plemons has got married. So that's gone. Well, um, it's, it's also, yeah, the whole time he keeps talking about, I'm going to make you this rope yeah. and teach you how to use it. Yes, and that's I think true. It, and so- I think what it is, the rope and stuff, it's the idea that, like, he doesn't have every anything, but he's going to start mentoring this kid, and this kid is something. Yes. And the rope is like, well, I'm making this kid this rope. The rope represents that bond, 100%. Yeah, yeah and he's like, true. I'm going to make you it before you go to school. 
Um, and he's like, well, there's not long for that. And so, yeah, they kind of ruin his plans and he freaks out because we learn, yeah, he was making the rope from the hides. Yeah, that's true. I, that's true. I missed yeah. that. So, it, yeah, it like sets him off in a way where it's like. He's it, disproportionately it just, it, angry over some hides. Yeah, and because that's of why. what it represents to him. Yeah, yeah, he had a thing he was doing. And also, I think there's an element of she got him, too. Yeah. She got to him. And it's the first time yeah. she get. it's the only time she gets to him. Um, yeah. So he's freaking out, but the kid's like, hey, I have some hide. I, ma- I made some rawhide of my own. You can finish the rope mm. with that. So he gives him the rawhide and it you can there's like black spots on it. You can tell yeah. it's it's sick, but Benedict doesn't notice. Uh, and they sit and they spend a night in the barn as Benedict is twisting this rawhide rope in this in this bowl of water. So his open wound, his his vulnerability, yep. his open heart is mixing with this poisoned, diseased water as he's making this rope for this kid. Uh, and he gets very close to telling the kid that he's gay yes. by telling him a story of how, like the kids looking around, he has sort of like a, a shrine to Bronco Henry in, in the barn. So he's like, you really, you really cared about Bronco Henry. Was he be your best friend? And he's like, yeah, he's my best friend. He was more than that. Like he saved my life one time. We were stranded out on the trail. I got hurt. He couldn't get me back home before night fell. So we had to spend the night out there and it was brutally cold and we survived by bundling up together. Uh, in 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 our bedrolls and we fell asleep like that and there's like this pause that hangs for a second and the kid's like were you were you naked and benedict never answers uh but he does he also doesn't say no so uh, the kid kind of capitalizes on that and on that sort of hanging in the background idea that benedict might be grooming this kid and they share a cigarette but it's a little sexual right um so the kid is clearly like capitalizing on that yeah. he's he is and using then, both from that conversation and from the the you know the symbolism or the metaphor of his wounded hand in the poison water he is using benedict's vulnerability against him yeah and he like it clearly he saw an opening you know he, he saw an plan, opening yeah he didn't plan for this but he saw I, an opening i well, think the, he's like i think the ultimate reveal is that he's been planning it since benedict was like hey i'm gonna since he reached out to him initially oh yeah i i guess the thing is the mom throwing away the hides it's like i don't know how you could plan for that you couldn't plan for that but i think i feel like it's like it's yes he was thinking about it for a while he was definitely planning for something Mm -hmm. um but i think that was like an opening you know yeah that was was that was definitely an opening but he has been I he's been thinking about it. I've interpreted it as he has been planning to kill Benedict since his, he learned since he discovered his mom is drinking herself to death. Because yeah, maybe the other thing earlier. the other thing we learn when they're out on the trail, um, when Benedict cuts his hand uh, and they're having that moment eating the rabbit and they're opening up to each other, and Benedict tells him, uh, I think a story about Ry- I forget exactly what story he tells him, but he tells him a story about his relationship with Bronco Henry, and then the yeah. kid tells him about how he how his dad killed himself he's like yeah my dad drank himself to death oh that's right they 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 speak very benedict speaks very honestly to the kid about how kirsten dunce is an alcoholic now he's like you have to have noticed that she's drunk all the time and has been this way all summer and he's like yeah i noticed and benedict's like your dad was too right and he's like yeah right up until he hung himself i found the body and cut him down yeah, so, so it's very clear he's like never again. Yes, and he's seeing yeah. his mom start to go down into that spiral. So I think since he learned that his mom is spiraling, he's like, I'm gonna kill Phil. <laughs> like I'm gonna kill Benedict Cumberbatch to save my mom from what happened yeah. to my dad. So the next morning, uh Phil isn't up doing his job and Jesse Plemons goes up to their room and Phil is just very, very clearly uh ill. And his hand is super infected. They take him to town. Uh, and then hard there's a cut. hard cut to <laughs> picking out a casket. They bury Benedict. Yeah. Uh, they come back to the house. The kid. Oh, before they leave. Okay, that's right. The other important thing is before they um, leave for town to take Benedict to the doctor, Benedict is delirious. And Run, he's trying to give the kid the rope. Yep. He runs out to the barn, grabs the finished rope he made, and is trying to give it to the kid because I think he knows he's dying, but he wants to make that connection. Like he's yep. like, I've got to have some connection. Like he's so. This, it, the main tragedy of his character is that he lost that bond with Bronco Henry. He tried to have it with his brother George, but 
lost it because George got married and has other concerns. So he's desperate to find any human connection. And this kid is like his last chance and he never gets it to him. He never gets it to him because the kid is not like the kid's awake. He's just not. Mm-mm. He's like hiding. Yeah, from him, kid, right? the kid is de- the kid is actively denying it. The kid yeah. has no sympathy for uh, for Benedict. He's like, nope. It's, you are a cancer that is killing my mom. I am going to destroy you. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. and so the funeral happens. They come home. Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst like kiss. They've clearly like kind of bonded. She's. You know, like they they've they've reset the relationship and the kid is watching. He he has gloves on and he puts the fucking rope. He under handles his bed. the rope with a, under his bed and looks at them and the movie ends. Well, he looks at um, them and then he turns away from the window and smiles and, smiles, and then the movie yeah. ends. So it's like So like Yeah. It's it's amazing because it basically is like Oh yeah, burn my paper flowers, why don't you? I'm gonna ruin you. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Like yeah. the first thing that happens at the beginning, yeah. He bur- he makes he, these paper flowers. And he makes Benedict these nice paper him. flowers, yeah, because he's like, well, you know. And his mom, Kirsten Dunst, comes in. And is like, oh, that's cool. How did that's cool that you did that? And he's like, well, yeah. I figured you used to garden, but we can't really garden out here. So I made some some flowers while the the garden's out of season that you can put on the table. And she puts them on the table, and Benedict burns one to be an asshole. And yeah. the kid just kind of narrows his eyes at him. <laughs> yeah, like... I feel like that's when he was like, "I'll fucking kill you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you marry. I'm gonna make your brother marry my mom, and I'm gonna slowly drive you." Andrew's <laughs> just, just looking at him like, "I'm gonna fucking destroy you." Yeah, and that's the idea. Is like the kid starts. You're kind of like, "Oh, I, this kid needs to be protected." No, he doesn't. And then by the end, you're like, "Nope." He doesn't need to be protected kid now, is, does he? The kid is fine. Yeah, the kid's doing great. <laughs> like, you start learning. It's it, it's such an interesting... <laughs> if uh, anything, you're like, oh my God, dial it back, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy so shit. They need, they need to be protected from this kid. It's yeah. so interesting that they start with Phil in one place as being this hard, hard as hell guy who's like, oh, he's fine. Like, this guy is... He's like... He's like a, a rock in in yeah. in weather. He can withstand anything. And then this kid, you're like, oh, this soft kid is is being thrown. Like the the kid the kid is presented as weak and he's presented as strong. But as the more right. we learn about them, the more we learn that the opposite is actually true. To the point yeah, where, yeah, which says it does say a lot about masculinity in that, uh, you know, that does like I I've at least in my life encountered like the hyper masculine man who the more you get to know them you're like oh you're terrified it's armor uh, yeah yeah it's armor and it, it, it happens a lot um and so that is what they're exploring yeah and there's another element there where in that same conversation where they're out repairing the fence they're eating the rabbit with benedict's uh wounded hand um and he uh benedict says something about how like bronco henry told me life is like uh, it's about I, I forget, and the kid's like, "Well, my dad told me life is about obstacles, um, and you have to get those ops, remove those obstacles from your path." And then Benedict's like, "Well, yeah, that's yeah, that is kind of the, that's just another way of saying the same mentality, yeah. The, the it's another way of saying the same idea." And yeah. uh, the kid says, "Like if my dad told me I was uh, too strong." And Benedict laughs at that. But like the more we learn about the kid where it's like, yeah, he found his dad's body and cut it down. He's very he's not yeah. he's not sentimental about death. And he, he's right there. He's like, yeah, life is about obstacles. He doesn't say like overcoming the obstacles or anything. He says removing the obstacles. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, <laughs> there's also and this is um just kind of a, a more subtle thing. But like the way he kills Benedict. Uh, is with poison, which, you know, uh, tradition, you know, quote unquote, traditionally and like l- as a literary device, it's a woman's weapon. Um, so that's right. like another I, I was, layer yeah, of I, like the idea of masculinity. You know, he doesn't get into a shootout with Benedict. He fucking tricks which, him and poisons him with a disease. Yeah. I wanted him to, th- you know, like throw a hungry dog at him and be like, that's the power of the dog. And then credits. <laughs> but that's not what happened. No. Yeah. No, uh, it's it's very much that's part of the what's great about it is it ends with like a whimper for that reason where it's like yeah he just fucking poisons him he, just he him. wakes up and he's like i gotta go to the doctor and then he's dead mm-hmm. and that's it it's pretty great yep because it is it's just he's playing smart it's one of those things where 
you're right is that it's like traditionally that's traditionally a feminine thing i guess but it's always like whenever i watch movies like this those are the things that i'm like do that like why don't you do that where the characters never do the smart thing Mm -hmm. this character does the smart thing um yeah he's not yeah he's not gonna beat phil in a fight or like out shoot him in a gunfight or something no yeah it's like no he's i'm gonna poison this asshole what makes it so effective is that uh and i i think they did this very very well is that benedict you feel bad because it's like well he's being nicer to him and the kid's like no i'm still still gonna poison you doesn't fucking matter um, because they do keep one key thing, which is he's never nicer to the mom. He never lets up on Rose, yeah. And had like that's what it comes down to is like honestly, if he was nice to Rose, I think the kid would would have been like, never mind, yeah, like I won't kill you. But he never like it doesn't matter how nice he is to the kid, he's still a shit to his mom, and he's like, you're gonna die mm-hmm. before my mom dies, and it's like, yeah, I like I don't blame the kid. Um, but it's like the fact that he could be so stone cold about it is mm. what's in, what's and horrifying. It, and it starts out with narration from the kid where he's like, I had to take steps to protect my mom. What kind of man would I be if I didn't? So it's like yeah. the movie sets you up with that idea, but it doesn't become clear uh, until right, it, it's mostly unfolded, which is really, it, really, really satisfying to watch. It is because, it again, it all feels like, oh, is this going to lead to some fight or some like you know like some him stabbing him in sleep or some gory like shock moment Mm -hmm. and then it's over before you realize it Mm -hmm. like and that's what makes it really good because what we're talking about with the anthrax we sort of told it like knowing what was going to happen at the time like it's very slow burns in where you're like "Uh, oh shit like and then by the time you've it all clicks benedict cumberbatch is already dead Mm -hmm. he's in a box yeah and so you're (laughs) waiting for this like fucking big climax and it passes you by and you're like wait oh shit it's over (laughs) like and it and it's it's really well done in that regard there's a because yeah i think it's just really clever i'm pretty sure he played the kid in the american remake of uh let the right one in let me in so it's like no shit yeah it's like this kid is just like has has a knack for these characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he reads it. And he's like, yeah, I got this. I got yeah, this. Yeah, I know. It's it fine. Is. Yeah, I'll go but ahead. Yeah, I'll fucking... go ahead and be Nightcrawler sometimes, but mostly I'm this kid. <laughs> yeah, I a fucking Bravo movie. I, I'll say like, um, in terms of award season, I don't know. I we'll see what else gets nominated. I don't know. It's definitely a very good movie. Uh, it's it's kind of like a palate cleanser for me. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, mm, this is an adult drama. I fucking love it. You know, uh, just so like, I don't know. Nice to see something that genuinely surprised me. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, and there was uh, there's there's a lot of the the director. Um, I'm not. I don't know that I've seen any of her other movies, but she what does. Else a, has she done? The I'm not sure. She's a another Kiwi filmmaker. Um. This this movie's like a joint New Zealand American production. And it's, oh, that it's, is that is. It's, this was filmed in New Zealand. It was right? filmed in New Zealand. Yeah, that's my only note. It was just like this is in America, you guys. Yeah, it looks like. <laughs> like middle, why does Montana look like Middle Earth? <laughs> yeah, like they're driving on these fucking yeah. But the landscape, the like, there's a, there's such good tension in just those landscape shots, and oh, there's yeah. one scene in particular where I was like, this is fucking good. Um, it's when she's practicing the song on the piano. And Benedict comes in and goes upstairs uh, and starts playing the same song on his banjo. Um, yeah, and that's so good. There's a shot where it's it starts kind of down the hallway uh, looking at Kirsten Dunst sitting at the piano playing it. And each time she gets to a certain point in the, in the song and just she fucks it up and has to stop and start over. And the camera, each time she stops, pushes in a little bit closer. Yeah, and then pushes in a little bit closer each time she she stops and restarts. And I was like, man, that's a fucking really good way to like represent the tension of yeah. like. And then it, and then it it cuts to like her point of view, a reverse shot, and it's Benedict upstairs staring at her through his open bedroom door with his banjo. Um, so it's like shit like that where it's it's also it's also a very well directed movie. Yeah, um, this director she did. Uh, sp- speaking of, she did the piano. Nineteen ninety three is the okay. piano. Yeah, she's been around since the fucking 80s. 
just not uh, I mean I haven't seen much of her stuff but watching this I'm like man I've been sleeping on this person yeah uh, yeah like because shit I gotta go back and watch some of this stuff she did something called um bright star which I, I don't know I haven't seen it uh she did in the cut with is that ruffles it is it's mark ruffalo's in this and meg ryan this is uh 1990 or 2003 word it's mark ruffalo with a dirtbag mustache oh hell i yeah. don't know if there's really much else i need to know about this movie before watching it but yeah i i, I i'm like watching this i'm like oh shit uh, yeah now i gotta i got homework i gotta go back and watch yeah. some of these movies i've never seen the piano i guess i gotta watch it now i never seen the piano either but it's got uh, samuel neal yeah and harvey keitel's junk fuck it's got harvey keitel's junk that's i think so i'm pretty sure no i remember shit. that and i remember that tidbit wow, about the that's piano great. that's got the keitel junk that's great um let's see yeah she's done a lot of shorts too like i i think the reason why uh maybe people haven't really like a lot of her stuff feels like she did a lot in the 90s and then recently she's been doing like shorts and stuff like that so I don't know. Maybe she's just been off people's radars. Mm. But my goodness, this was this was a delightful film. Yeah, she's worked with Harvey Keitel a few times. Something called Holy Smoke in 1999. Okay, okay. Yeah. Also, maybe it's just because she's making. I think she's probably making more like overseas films that maybe don't we don't see in America. I don't know. Mm. I don't know, man. I, I'm making excuses here, but yeah, I, I should. Uh, Sounds I should like you're watch just some of these yeah, movies. making excuses for why we haven't watched your movies. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I don't have anything else to add. We've we've pretty well <laughs> gone over it. Yeah, man. I just fucking yeah. If you have, I mean, you shouldn't be listening to this, but if you if you if you're one of those weirdos who likes who doesn't mind getting spoiled for movies, go go see this movie. It's it's just it's really solid. It's I like it a lot. It's um an unconventional western uh and it definitely deserves you know some awards and shit like it's just like really solid really yeah. solid yeah um it's just a good ass movie man i don't know yeah. yeah 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 it it's it's somehow like the probably the most interesting thing to me was that <laughs> so little happens for so long and yet i was riveted the whole time and so a lot of that i think is to the credit of these actors all of and that. the direction and the direction yeah and i think yeah that's why i'm like oh they should probably get some awards here mm -hmm. uh because yeah they're they're they are killing it mm -hmm. throughout the movie um yeah i got I, yeah i, I think fucking i have good, nothing man. else to say watch it's just it. fucking good watch it mm -hmm. uh, watch it tell them what else they should do dave oh they should check out our patreon patreon.com yeah, slash gamefully unemployed if you go on there you get exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a maniac. We also do some exclusive podcasts with the Small Beans Network, and that's um, Spielboys and Star Trek: The Next Futurama. Uh, I think next week there's a new Star Trek on on our Patreon, and there was just a new Spielboys too. Uh, so yeah, check that shit out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have a store. Uh, head over to GameFlyUnemployed.com where you'll find a link to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you can get on t-shirts, stickers, mugs, posters, all kinds of things. So check that out. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, leave us a review, please. Yeah, you can review us. You, you can leave review us, a us review. all night long, baby. All night all long. All night long. <laughs> all right. I guess Poison that's where we're Benedict all night long. <laughs> All right, bye. All right. <laughs> <laughs> bye.